Welcome back to the Morning Press. It's 8.37 on your Tuesday morning. We are the Morning Press. Brian Joyce here, Kevin West, and Jim Reynolds. And our guest in the studio for the next hour is the mayor of the city. His name is Tim Kelly. He's with us for the next hour. Telephone lines are open at 267-1023. Questions, comments, concerns, any kind of city matters that you would like to discuss with the mayor. Yes, potholes. We always get lots of phone calls and text messages about potholes and broken roads and broken bridges and uh, all of that sort of stuff. So uh, 267-1023 is the telephone line. And uh, Mayor Tim Kelly, great to have you back in the studio. Great to be back. And uh, you were telling me that uh, you have not been, you've been mostly around Chattanooga recently. I know you were in Washington, D.C. the last time we talked to you, but uh, more recently, right here at home. Yeah, since the holidays. Been right here um, working away. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on, and it's it's good. I'm glad that uh, Mr. Groundhog seems to have gotten it wrong again this year, and uh, we're we're well on our way to a beautiful spring in Chattanooga. Seems that way. Now we do have a whole list of uh, items, topics that we do want to get into here. One of the issues that's been brought to our attention this was before you arrived this morning is uh, we've gotten a couple of complaints about uh, beggars in the Brainerd area, mm-hmm. and uh, I know this. You know, this has been an ongoing issue uh, for the city o- over the course of many years. Uh, the, the homeless population, uh, people on the streets begging, uh, the best approach to this. Certainly, uh, you know, you have to accommodate for these people. You don't want to uh, try to target anybody. But at the same time, it's a nuisance to a lot of people, and it's uh, it's very annoying. Yeah, you know, it it is since the pandemic, I I can tell you from talking to mayors from across the country, uh it is uh it is an epidemic and uh, an epidemic both of mental health uh, in some cases addiction and of course the end result is homelessness many times and and uh, and then again you have uh affordable housing pushes pushes this problem into a much worse place because you have people who've, who've been pushed out of housing who who then uh descend into mental illness mental illness and addiction and uh so, you know, we, we, we have to play to the sidelines as far yeah. as the police department's concerned, and, and we, we absolutely do that. I will say uh, we haven't quite announced it yet, but uh, we are making progress. We've managed to house nearly 2,000 people, and our point-in-time count that we just did uh, uh, is, is down. So we, mm. we, we have lower numbers. Now, the problem along the freeway, I think, is that people are transient, and they stop, you know, right. because there's a lot of people that come through here. Uh, they stop and... and uh, uh, you know, and panhandle amongst residents and then presumably move on. But uh, that is a particular issue around that um, Belvoir Terrace area. I think one of the issues that drives people nuts, and, and this is what they text and call us about, is that, uh, you know, these people are not homeless. They're just out there begging because it's a hobby of theirs. Now, when we talk about uh, affordable housing and the efforts to get homeless people housed, and uh, and make sure that they have the resources available. I'm sure the city. I, I guess the listeners would be curious to know. Does does do officials have a way of knowing? You know, how many of these people are actually homeless? How many of them are out there just begging for change because they don't want to work for a real job? Or you know, I mean, is there any way of really knowing that? Uh, you know, there's unfortunately there's not. Um, you know, we know how many folks are are. I guess you could sort of. You know what the one number is. We know how many people are actually homeless without a permanent place to to stay. That's what the point in time counts about, and that's why our our, um, our folks from the regional homeless coalition, and it's not just Chattanooga. The homeless coalition covers a, a broader area. 
uh, are out there every day, and they have a, a list and they keep track of it. But again, if you're a panhandler, you, you could just be, you know, like, as you say, it could be a hobby. It could be an avocation. If you're good at it, you can actually make quite a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can. But again, if, if they're crossing a legal line, um, people should call the police. Otherwise, uh, if you're not in a charitable mood, you should uh, ignore them. <laughs> Affordable housing, that is one of the bullet points that we did want to cover. Your administration has this accelerated plan to address affordable housing. Before we even get into that, I know that this comes up almost every time you're in the studio with us. But yeah. um, to people who are just tuning into the issue, the definition of affordable housing, because I know there are numbers, yeah. you know, a certain percentage of whatever the prevailing income is or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's 30%. I mean, it's so roughly a third. If it's it's you shouldn't be paying more. That's the generally accepted line than a third of your pre-tax income for for housing. And and of course what we've seen here is that while Chattanooga's population uh only grew by a couple of percent, maybe 2.5% over the last few years. <clears throat> this is one of the reasons that STVR uh regulation is so important speculative buying of houses, uh, again, presumably uh, to flip or to put on Airbnb, uh, caused housing prices to rise much, much faster than that. So, you know, a one bedroom now around is generally north of a thousand bucks in Chattanooga. Well, you know, uh, that's that's almost 30 percent higher Mm. than what it was even just a few years ago. So that is also driving homelessness. But uh, we we have a uh, matter of fact, tomorrow, I think, we've, we've got a big uh, uh, a group of people with a number of consultants coming in here uh, to, to really solidify our plan. We've already created, I don't want to say 600 units um, so far today, but we're about to hit a second gear uh, and, and put, to, put a, a fund together that should significantly drive the creation of affordable housing. Now, let's get back to that number you just dropped on us a couple of uh, minutes ago there. Um, that you've already housed, uh, I think you said a couple of thousand uh, people. The cynics, because they always do this, when they hear somebody like you say that, they'll mm. say he has no way of measuring this. Yeah. There's no way that that can be an accurate number. Where do you get that number from? Oh, we absolutely do have an accurate number there. We we know how many people we have prevented from being evicted through our eviction, eviction prevention initiative, which is a significant number. And the rehousing number comes because the city of Chattanooga has housing navigators who connect people to a network of landlords who will accept, in many cases, uh, a voucher, okay. a HUD voucher, and that's easy to count. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So, and and uh, the... the, the the first office there, or the first item there, was what again? The, oh, the you, you mean you the, were saying you have an office that can connect people to landlords who will accept. Oh, I'm vouchers. sorry. Well, well, we also have a, a, and this is somewhat unusual nationally. A <clears throat> sorry, a program called the Eviction Prevention Initiative. That's the one. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, when when landlord landlords have obviously property rights as well, but but there is a legal process through mm-hmm. which you have to follow to evict someone. Uh, and, you know, again, as a landlord, you can evict somebody for a good reason or just because you want them out because you could be charging somebody else more, right? Uh, but it does certainly contribute to homelessness. So we put a program together with the help of the Community Foundation here called the Eviction Prevention Initiative. Um, actually, our, our former city attorney, uh, Emily O'Donnell, is, is now working on this, I believe, uh, that essentially pairs that tenant with legal aid to say, you know, here are your rights. If here's what you can do, and that and that helps. It either helps them uh, dramatically, helps actually to, keeps them from being evicted, put on the street, or uh, finding other housing. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of folks in that situation, particularly you know, uh, 
well, a lot of them are, are folks with uh, low uh, income situations and, and they need some free legal aid. And essentially, that's what it is. I know you have relationships with mayors all across the city. You meet and, and talk with these other mayors all the time. Um, it, it, me personally, I've been to a few different cities just in, in recent times. I think I had mentioned to you the last time you were here when I was in Miami Beach a couple of months ago. Just the amount of homeless people shocked me. I mean, yeah. I was in San Francisco recently. They have a huge homeless problem. Are there any mayors in particular who, you know, who say like, hey, we've had a great amount of success with this? Or is it just, I mean, I would imagine, yeah, because we always say that this is a problem that afflicts every city, big and small in the United States. Yeah, it it, it is. And the, the short answer is no. I mean, again, I, the U.S. Conference of Mayors meeting, I think I was here since I was there yes. last time. But the, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the consensus is that, you know, we are struggling post-COVID uh, as a nation with real, really the sort of a PTSD situation post-COVID. Right. And if you're on the margins of society already, you know, if you were on shaky pegs to begin with, it doesn't take much, right, for things to fall apart. And, and we're, you know, we're all trying to scrape it back together. And, yeah. and those of us that were, you know, uh, better in, in, a, in a better shape going in, you know, or fine coming out, but that's not the case for everybody. So again, it's a it's a time when the city really has to buckle down and uh, and help. I mean, that's all the social services the city offers and the state and the federal government offers are are uh, are more important now than ever. Two six seven one zero two three. Our guest here is Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly, and Michael is online too. Michael, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Hey there. Thank you, Mayor, for taking the call. I've got few things I'd like to ask, and then I'll, I'll step back and listen to your response. Uh, one, we talk about, I don't like to talk about paving, but we talk about paving and spending three times as much. Mm-hmm. But the last time you were on, you mentioned that's now subcontracted out. So would you let us know what the difference is and what it costs for us to do it? And are we saving money or spending more money to subcontract it out? What other services have we subcontracted out? Yeah. And then on, the, on, on Chattanooga City front, the we keep tweaking the stats to say crime is down in Chattanooga, but I don't think one citizen in Chattanooga believes that crime is down in Chattanooga. We're having shootouts daily uh, in the middle of the day. It's not reserved to three or four blocks like it used to be. We just had it on Saturday at the mall again. Um, would you just stress that? And uh, yep. thank you very much. Yep, yep. Both great questions. Um, Let's see. Let's we'll, we'll take them in reverse order. Uh, the 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 shooting, you know, homicides are are down, right? But but again, there's just something fundamentally upsetting and outrageous about teenagers with guns, uh, even if they're shooting them in the air. Uh, I, I, this is a very very difficult situation for the police department, and again, it's a difficult situation in cities across the country, but particularly in Tennessee where, you know, the legislature seems intent on giving, you know, making guns more available to more people. And, uh, look, I'm a gun owner. Uh, I, 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 responsible gun ownership is a long American tradition, but there are millions more guns floating around out there than there ever were, and they're getting into the hands of kids. And so what you're seeing reported a lot of times is literally, you know, gun play. God forbid that uh, we have a situation like we had last year and and the police department is uh we should have a you know we're going to be talking a lot more about that uh so i get that i'd certainly understand that uh, the it feels as though and of course these things are pretty outrageous and and uh, obviously they drive clicks so the media is very quick to report them but uh, uh the statistically crime is in fact down and it, you can't say that everywhere i mean uh memphis crime is not down 
uh, it's it's a bad situation. It's a it's a rough situation. But until we can get this uh, uh, th- these guns under control, it's it's going to continue to be a struggle. What was the, f- the first question was about? Subcontracting. Lost the yes, that, that's an excellent question as well. Uh, yeah, it's a huge issue, right? I mean, I, I uh, uh, w- the city does not do its own paving. I, I'm beginning to wonder if it should, uh, because we are, particularly at a time like this, beholden to whoever answers the bid. And if we only get one bid back, and the bid's twice what the what we budgeted, then then we have a problem. Uh, and there's no reason on earth, you know, Chattanooga is lucky to have a big company like Aztec here that makes this fantastic uh, paving equipment. They look like these big kind of Dr. Seuss, you know, machines that tear the roads up and pave behind. Uh, but but uh, the caller hit the nail on the head. Uh, if we don't have uh, a competitive bid po- process, then it, it presents a real problem for the city. And, uh, again, we, we are going to catch up eventually with paving. We did triple the paving budget. Uh, and and but but even at ten million dollars a year, which is in excess of three times of what we were spending, and it's in this year's budget, it's in next year's budget. Uh, that just kind of keeps us even. So we're going to be looking for for more money. Uh, but it's we we you know again it will take time to to get all that paving caught up. And and we're you know now that the weather's warm, they're they're going to be hard at work on it. Mr. Mayor, we already hit affordable housing. You have placed in front of me uh, something from TDOT here. Uh, referring to the Transportation Modernization Act. And I know that uh, public transit here in the city of Chattanooga, this is also something that's on your radar right now. So mm-hmm. what is this all about? Uh, well, Senator Watson sent me that and is actually out uh, beating the bushes, trying to, I think, get feedback on whether or not uh, people think that the choice lanes are uh, a good idea. Uh, the idea there is, particularly in, in Tennessee's major cities, is a big priority of the governor's. Uh, to create these lanes that are that are that are called choice lanes because you don't have to take them. It's not a toll lane in the sense that you you know you you gotta get over there and pay the toll. But the idea is to take some of the pressure off uh, off the traffic congestion uh, around here. And uh, again, it's an it really is interesting. They do this in Texas, and Ooh. you don't pay unless you average fifty miles an hour, and it just meters you as you go along. Really? Yeah. No, it's pretty clever. I actually like the idea. Uh, and so uh, you sign up, you yeah. pay to play to to avoid traffic, but you only get charged if they can read your meter. Yes, if right. you're doing a good fifty miles an hour, then we've done our job. Bingo, and we will charge you if That's you're right. still stuck in traffic. You don't get charged. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, and so and look, I, I think it's uh, it's 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 pretty clever. It it allows uh, again in areas with more congestion, it should speed things up. Uh, it's again somewhat controversially funded by you know private equity that would come in and build all those roads, and right? Then, and of then, course, and then service the debt with those tolls. But hey, you know if you got to get somewhere more quickly, mm. you're not you know you're not going to pay uh, if you're if it's not working. Eh, I don't hate it. I, I actually like. I think it's a, a pretty clever way to solve the problem. One texter here says, "Are there laws against selling puppies on Gun Barrel Road near the Walmart?" On Saturdays. Now, here's what I do know, Mr. Mayor, because um, when I adopted my beagle, Hank, I had to take him out there. There's, um, there's a neutering hospital out there, and I th- right near the Walmart on Gun Barrel Road, uh, Cheddar Neuter. I think that's the one. Mm-hmm. And I think on Saturdays they probably have, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, fairs where, you know, like yeah. adopting pets. I don't know if they're talking about uh, a clinic, uh, 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 a shelter like that, or if they're talking about just um, random people on the sidewalk with boxes of puppies. I think it's the latter. I've, I've seen that quite a lot. You know, people will just sell puppies out of a box. Uh, 
out yeah. of the trunk of a car. I don't think there is a law against that. It's, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I, I can't, I gotta say, I don't have a position on roadside puppy sales. Well, I recall fondly. Our very first dog when I was a kid was a puppy out of a box. Right. It, it does happen. I mean, there are worse <laughs> things, right? The, the commercialized puppy mill <laughs> right. uh, is what you don't want to see. Yeah. And the question is, where's if it's a if it's a family trying to find you know good homes for puppies? Uh, I don't know how that's very different from Craigslist. But uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, Texter here says, please ask the mayor what are the plans for repairs to Dupont Parkway. I travel from Amnicola to 153 every day. The road is in terrible shape, as is Hickson Pike from 153 to downtown. Yeah, there's a ton of priorities. I do not. I mean, again, we have uh, tens of thousands of miles of roads within the city. Uh, the best I can do is is tell you to go to cha.city forward slash paving map. And again, that is something we did since I came into office, and you can see what's up next and what the priorities are and what the pavement condition index is um, and, and where they are. And, you know, again, if it's, a, if, it's a par- if it's a pothole, if it's something we can come out and patch, we've patched 40,000 mm. potholes. But that does not fix road failure. Road failure is one where it's like, you know, we have to budget it and we have to come back out and do it. Again, a bad position to be in. Uh, following somebody who just did not uh, keep up with uh, with with roads budgetarily, so we again we've tripled the page and paving budget, but 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 it's taking time. It's yeah. taking quite a lot. I know I know off the top of my head, we just did Davidson Road because I've heard a lot of people super happy about that in East Brainerd. I know Dodds Avenue is coming up. Uh, personally, uh, I'm looking forward to Central Avenue because uh, I ride that every day. But uh, and I I was on Dupont Parkway the other day, and there are parts of it that are that are mm. pretty pretty bad. So. But, but cha.city forward slash paving map. Back to one of the issues uh, we already covered, but we did get a follow-up text about it. And just in case this listener did not hear our previous discussion, but uh, the texter says, The magnitude of people begging for money along the terrace near Belvoir and more continues to escalate. The mounds of trash is crazy. Not sure if the issue is lack of transportation to get a regular job or a lack of initiative. Maybe they're just making a good living. What are your thoughts, Mr. Mayor? Well, one of your thoughts was exactly that. Some of these beggars do just make a good living. Yeah, they 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 do. I mean, it's been shown that uh, you know, I, I think it was a study out in California that uh, an effective uh, panhandler can make forty, fifty thousand bucks a year. So, again, it, it is an issue. I think that the the our panhandling ordinance uh, has not been expanded. I mean, it's something we can talk to council about to the whole city. There is an an overlay of downtown that uh that that you know that forbids illegal or rather excuse me aggressive panhandling uh around the aquarium blocked walnut street bridge downtown yeah downtown okay but uh you know that's they're on a public right away there and so uh, you couldn't if they're out in like belvoir more you can't get them on on loitering because that's it's not private property Nope, it's not private property and if it were uh if a mass of harassment and that's another matter entirely yeah uh, but it's an interesting one. I mean, again, this is the sort of thing that uh, the cities across the country are, are dealing with. And, and candidly, we're, we're really focused on the root causes of that. But if it's people moving through the area that aren't even from Chattanooga, then that, uh, that uh, uh, and, and, and we think many times that's, that's the case, and it, it makes it even more difficult. But. So, so to specifically address the question, there, there probably is no specific ordinance in the city of Chattanooga to address begging alone on that highway interstate. Now, begging downtown, there is an ordinance. Right. 
But for beggars out there, I mean, maybe you could nail them on some ticky tech stuff like well, uh, if, littering or yeah, these, and litter know. is a huge issue. Yeah. We've talked a lot yeah. about that. I know the um, you know the, the, the DA and the yeah. county mayor both uh, very very helpfully uh, going to redirect uh, more assets towards having crews pick up litter, which was why I got so bad during the pandemic because those things stopped happening. But, uh, yeah, that's one of the, the more uh, sort of insult to injury. Mm. Uh, the homeless issue is difficult and tragic, but the, the litter piece of it is really insult to injury. And we're still struggling with how to effectively do that. Public works, believe it or not. This is, this is uh, sad but true. We're looking for a way around this. But um, state law, we, we were talking in the break about silly state laws. There, there's a lot of room for constructive state law. But there's a state law that prevents public works Mm -hmm. from cleaning up anything that is private property. So many times you'll have um, a homeless camp out on private property, create a big mess, and we can't go clean it up. Really? I think that's from a day when you probably had sort of boss hog Tennessee politics. And it's like, hey, I'm going to say the mayor's going to send public works to go clean up his buddy's property. Can't do it. Right. Which is, you know, which is obviously um, silly. I Mm. mean, we ought to be able to do that if it was created by a public nuisance. This texter says, gangs just don't go away. Why did CPD drop its gang unit, especially now? Because that was something that happened under Chief Roddy when Chief Roddy was there. We agreed that the issue was gun violence. And so what what was uh, the gang unit became a gun violence prevention unit. The problem is guns, um, whoever's using them. So, uh, so I would tell you that the CPD hasn't really changed its approach or orientation in that regard. Some of it is just semantics, but it's, it's, it's that, that unit is uh, gun violence. Speaking of CPD and police issues, uh, this texter, has the city seen any backlash to the new policy of the police department not responding to minor car accidents? Now, there was a lot of uh, hue and cry at first about it, but I think people are are getting quite used to it. Because the fact of the matter is, and, you know, again, we can talk about the drag bill if you want, but the, but the, but, uh, the CPD has, has their hands full preventing crime, serious crime, property crime, violent crime in Chattanooga. And again, uh, so uh, I think the people that were most upset uh, about that change were the plaintiff's attorneys, who, <laughs> who I know are your loyal advertisers and some are my <laughs> friends. But, you know, you never can tell when your neck's going to start hurting uh, after a fender bender. So, and that not having a police report makes their jobs a little difficult. But uh, but look, it's, it was the right decision. Many other cities have done it. And I think folks are getting used to that. It's And it's, again only fender benders when you call on one when they have a a little triage to walk you through sure what the actual situation is and folks it has died down significantly i think folks are getting used to it our guest here in the studio shout out to mayor tim kelly lisa is on line one lisa welcome to the show hey mary kelly i have a question about a property that's next to our property Mm -hmm. um it's been condemned for about seven years and now it's scheduled to be demolished Okay. But the house is in terrific shape, and it can be saved. Um, I've reached out to our council rep to see how we could go about purchasing it Okay. Um, and to make it affordable housing. That's... And I've not heard anything back. So I was wondering if there's a, a way for us to reach out to someone to be able to buy the property. Yeah, it's get... already been through the system, through the city system, and been sold through property to tax sales. I'll tell you what, Lisa, before, uh, before I let the mayor answer that, I'm going to put you on hold because, uh, Jim, if, if you want, why don't you take Lisa's phone number yeah. if you can? Because uh, I'd love to talk about yeah. that. We, we, we need to take properties like that, put them back in circulation for Definitely. affordable housing. And, 
it's it's a bit of a complicated yeah. mess, but I'd love to get your get the address in question and follow up with you. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So uh, Jim will take your information, Lisa, and uh, hopefully somebody from the city can follow up with yeah, you. Yeah, we definitely will. We absolutely yeah. will. Okay. Uh, 267-1023. Texter here says, the little bridge on Standifer Gap Road been closed for nearly four years. Mm-hmm. Any hope with two question marks? <laughs> yeah, well, there's hope, but again, that, you know, the, the, we are so far behind in this country on infrastructure, which is why we were big fans of, uh, uh, of what President Biden did with the infrastructure, um, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act. Uh, we got $70 million to replace the Wilcox Bridge. That was the most important one for, you know, for continuing city operations. But um, Standifer's on the list, and, you know, um, I, I can't tell you exactly where it is on the list, but it's it's there and it's not going away. All right. Rebecca is online, too. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Um, hi. Oops. Are you still there? Hmm. All right, I'll tell you what, Rebecca, why don't you call us back, because we might have lost you. Uh, Scott is on the telephone line. Scott, welcome. Yeah, uh, I think the mayor answered my question. That home is kept there on Cummings Highway when you go under the bridge. Yeah. Well, uh, you saw, you saw that's private property, and the city can't go clean it up. No. That's what you said, right, sir? We, we cannot, and, and uh, again, I, I would love to see that law changed if anybody feels like uh, reaching out to our to your uh, representative or, or state senator, I, they're, they're, that law should be changed, and we ought to have the ability to do that uh, if it's you know if it's caused by a public nuisance, mm. uh, because uh, we're, and we're happy to do that, and you know, it, but but we 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 literally cannot at the moment. This texter says, "What are the plans for the city's trash collection sites? Two of the three are absolutely beyond disrepair. Too many people, like contractors, dumping stuff that they're not supposed to. Trash, human waste on the grounds. Workers just not paying attention to anyone or anything." Well, <clears throat> we have a new public works director. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a new one appointed and announced pretty soon. And public works—that uh, is squarely in the wheelhouse of public works and. And that is one of the things we're aware of. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're going to announce actually a, a, you may, this may seem like a stretch, but we've got a climate action plan, sustainability plan that we're going to announce, uh, later today, tomorrow. Uh, and, and part of that is really, again, we've talked a lot about rebooting waste and becoming a more circular economy and, and doing a better job of, uh, uh, recycling and, and other things. And so that, that will be part of the charge, uh, for our new public works director. Rebecca is back on line one. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you, sir. Yes. Um, I have a, a little bit of a, pro, a personal problem. I live in Brandermill Estates, and, and I first of all, I would like to say I think our uh, Tanuga's program of picking up uh, limbs and debris on the uh, in the neighborhoods is wonderful. We have used it over and over. Um, we've kind of gotten caught in the in the transition. It is transitioning from you call in, mm-hmm. they come out and pick up within seven to ten days. Right. Um, and we did that, and we were told that it would be picked up within seven to ten days. We went ahead and trimmed all of our trees, and now we have this towering pile of tree limbs in our front yard. And um, our male woman... Uh, will no longer deliver our mail, okay. which I kind of understand her situation. Yeah. But 
I finally come to understand what the situation is. We are just, we've more or less got dropped in between the two. Um, zonal approach and the, the transition. Yeah. So, yeah, because we're taking this zonal approach now to where, which is kind of the old fashioned way of doing it, where your zone comes up every few weeks and then we come through and get everything in that zone. And that was because we were getting a lot of complaints of people who would call 311. They'd come in and get a pile of trash and then drive past five others who hadn't called 311. We're trying to, we'll, we'll eventually arrive at a, um, at a sort of a hybrid approach. But if you want to uh, give us your address offline, uh, we can, uh, or call in 311, I, I would imagine we can arrange if, if you're not getting your mail for a one-time pickup. This texter's question is this. The city just issued bonds to build apartments that include affordable rent apartments. Why is the city issuing bonds for private developers to build apartments, and how does that work? That one gets a little complicated, but, but affordable housing strategy is, by its very nature, complicated. Um, the city, I don't think the city issued bonds. What the city can do is sponsor the issuance of bonds, um, what they call developer bonds. And I think this is one of those situations, but the city will be, uh, in the position hopefully soon of, uh, either figuring out a way to directly subsidize affordable housing. Look, we have to have places for police and firefighters and teachers and first responders to live in the city of Chattanooga. Uh, and if that means, I mean, we carved $33 million out of last year's budget to do that. The question is how you do it in a, in a sustainable way, in a way that, uh, that will keep those units affordable over time. Mm. Uh, again, if I'm, a, I'm not asking for developers to, you know, act out of the goodness of their hearts, you, you have to create incentives for people to do, uh, that because, because in a situation like, like this, you got a lot of people moving in, uh, into Chattanooga from out of town, from other places. Look, if I can build a, 500 square feet of, uh, of, of livable space, why would I not charge the most money that I possibly can for it? Well, sure. if we just let the market uh, do what the market does, we are not going to have places for, um, for teachers and firefighters and first responders to live. And that's why a, a strategy to, to help encourage and subsidize affordable housing is so important. This texter says that new baseball stadium in Knoxville is millions over budget. Randy Boyd said, no problem, I'll pay the difference. Yep. If the new stadium in Chattanooga is way over budget, too, will Tim pick up the tab? I will not pick up the tab. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Again, there's a lot. Right now, budgeting anything is, uh, is a crapshoot uh, in the current situation between supply chains and the economy and inflation. Uh, we'll see where all that settles out, but but Randy Boyd is a very wealthy man, uh, and that's his baseball team, and uh, it's a it's a different situation uh, in Knoxville. Uh, but I think what we will arrive at in Chattanooga is that the, the the city will the city and the county will will say here's what we will do, yeah. and if you want to do something more or fancier or if it runs over, then then somebody else will be picking up the tab. But we've been clear. Now, we may, you know, again, I think if you look at what we committed to, it was $80 million. That was at a time before inflation kicked in. Yeah, we might wiggle that a little bit, but we're, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to have an unconstrained commitment. Uh, I will say the stadium, again, uh, another plug for the stadium, that the key to the stadium is really that the existence of it there unlocks the other 200 acres of development, which ironically, Pays for the stadium, so mm. it's a, it's almost a, a a perfect circle. It's a it's a very elegant design. We want to see it happen, uh, and it's on track to happen. So, 
Speaking of uh, stadiums, I have to read this. We only have about a minute here, but um, our listener, Paul, is a huge hockey fan. He always texts us about when are we going to get an ice hockey ring. So here he goes again. What are the plans for the old lookout stadium? Any chance what is now the McKenzie Arena can be made into an ice rink and we finally get a Chattanooga hockey team? Those are both UTC properties. Um, UTC really doesn't have a dog in that hunt. That said, I mean, there are people in town who are big hockey proponents. We just need somebody with about a hundred million bucks <laughs> to decide that they want to uh, build the stadium. I mean, again, does I Randy think Boyd want to have a hockey team here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, what, I can tell you, I've, I've spoken with uh, the the Southern Hockey League folks. And yeah, we are a big hole in their map. They would yeah. love to see a hockey team here. So you have had that conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah and I, you know, look, I'm a, I grew up playing hockey. I'd love to see it too.